And I think when we combine those two things, diversity and inclusion, we get innovation. I think our most forward-thinking organizations, including law firms, know that. And I think good leaders know that too. Welcome to IP Talk with Wolf Greenfield. Earlier this year, Wolf Greenfield sponsored the 2021 Driving Diversity in Law and Leadership Summit. Christina Lucursi, a shareholder and executive committee member of Wolf Greenfield, delivered the opening remarks at the summit. Christina focuses her practice on trademark prosecution and litigation, including representing clients in federal courts across the country and before the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office's Trademark Trial and Appeal Board. In this episode, Christina will discuss the path to a fulfilling and productive legal career for women and minority leaders. Now, Christina, let's start with a high-level overview. Is the legal profession doing a good job currently of creating a diverse and inclusive climate? And where is the most urgent need for improvement in your estimation? Yeah, you know, there's still so much work to be done. So, you know, it's no surprise that the legal industry is behind the curve, I think, when it comes to pushing forward or even really incorporating diversity and inclusion efforts into the workplace. If we look at the legal industry as a whole, that's one thing. If we look at IP law specifically where I practice, it's another thing. And just to give you some backgrounds there, you know, with the exception of trademark law, which we sometimes refer to as soft IP, To become an IP lawyer, a hard science background is usually required. And so while diversity comes in many forms, I think getting at this this first question, using gender and race as two examples here, if you look at ABA statistics, as of September 2020, women made up only 21% of registered attorneys and patent agents. And if you throw race into that mix, the number drops to 1.7%. So only 1.7% of USPTO practitioners are racially diverse women. We have to agree that those numbers are bleak, but on the bright side, there's been some progress recently. So for the first time right now, there is a dialogue around these statistics and a realization that they need to change. I think one of the places where we're seeing a lot of change, particularly as a firm, is corporate America is further along in the dialogue than we are, and they're calling upon service providers like law firms to take action and to make change. And I think that they've realized that diverse and inclusive teams are actually more innovative. Identifying the problem is often the easiest part, but addressing it tends to be a little more challenging. In your opinion, what are some of the best strategies for recruiting and retaining diverse talent? Yeah, the area with the most urgent need for change is hiring. We need more diverse talent at our firms. And then, of course, we need to provide a place where people stay. So they need a nurturing environment where they can flourish and and actually want to imagine a career and a landing spot for themselves. I think one of the things is, you know, we have to get beyond the excuses. In 2020, just like so many firms, Wolf Greenfield had a serious reckoning. I think for years, we justified our lack of racial diversity, citing a number of factors. So for example, Boston, where we had our sole office for years and years, lacks in racial diversity. That was a big excuse. 
Another big excuse was that STEM students are predominantly white and mostly male. Another excuse was we just didn't have the right applicants, right? So we were allowing externalities to serve as our excuses. We know we're woefully behind and we know that there are things that we could be doing better. We just didn't know where to start. And so last year we started with conversations. From those conversations, we built a plan. And I would say in the past year specifically, we made really enormous strides and, and positive strides. So in September of 2020, we ratified our first ever diversity and inclusion plan. And we took some of the things that we were previously thinking about and talking about, and we actually put them into an actionable plan with real goals. So one of the goals, of course, is recruiting more diverse talent. We're changing the ways that we approach hiring, expanding our geographic footprint, and that's all in the hopes of attracting more diverse applicants to our firm. Across the country, we're seeing offices reopen and many are looking forward to that, while others have struck a more balanced approach to handling their professional and personal responsibilities at home. And they're not exactly excited to resume the rat race of commuting to an office five days a week. How can law firms meet the needs of their employees while also maintaining standards of excellence? You know, in the past 18 months, we have learned so much. We've learned about how we work, how we can be effective while, while we work, while we work remotely specifically. And I think the key here is next to delivering high quality work, what our clients are looking to us for is they're looking for responsiveness and they're looking for nimbleness. And I think over the course of the past year and a half, We've needed to be nimble and we've needed to adapt to a new way of life and, and surely a new way of work. We've changed with our clients in this regard. I would say 18 months ago, a Zoom call to me or a video call felt like an anomaly. Phone calls were typical. And these days, almost all of my interactions are over video. And I think this format has actually been subtly really helpful in diversity and inclusion efforts as we're having different conversations with our clients and we're air quotes here, but we're seeing them more. So in many ways, I think I know my clients today better than I knew them two years ago. And I think even when we, when we return to the office, we're gonna need to be flexible in our approach. We're gonna need to take these lessons that we've learned and apply them to this new world, whether it is staying at home in our offices or whether it's returning to a physical office structure somewhere. And I think, you know, my hope is that by being more flexible and actually adopting some of this nimbleness will be more attractive to a broader range of candidates. At this point, we're all familiar with the term diversity and inclusion. However, there's a bit of a disparity sometimes in that an organization can have diversity, but not necessarily have inclusion. Can you offer a little more detail on that? Yeah, these terms, I think, can be tricky, right? And so part of it for me has been really trying to educate myself around these terms. So I think diversity is, is probably the easier of the two to define. I think when we hear it, 
It means different characteristics and different traits of people. I mean, really in its simplest form, it means difference. I think the diversity that law firms need to focus on is the type of diversity that creates a difference. And that's the type of diversity that creates or is a byproduct of disparities. And I think, you know, if, if we need to, to categorize these, it, that's diversity in race, in gender, in ethnicity, in nationality, in national origin, and in sexual orientation. But if those people do not feel included, then you're not actually going to be leveraging the power of that diversity, right? The diversity really becomes moot in that setting. Inclusion is really about empowerment and feeling, knowing really that what you say matters, that your perspective matters, that your experiences matter. And I think when, when we combine those two things, when we combine diversity and inclusion, we get innovation. I think our most forward-thinking organizations, including law firms, know that. And I think good leaders know that too. Now, most of us would agree that we should all hold our colleagues and even our organizations accountable for creating greater diversity and inclusion. However, for some folks, especially those who are early on in their career, they may not want to make waves. So how can people do that? How can we make our colleagues and organizations more accountable? Yeah, I think for more junior level people, it really is about seeking out mentors. It's about talking to one another. So talking about why diversity and inclusion is important to you, sharing personal narratives. I think once we start sharing personal narratives, those are the stories that people remember. And those are actually the conversations that, that will help provoke change. More seasoned people have a big role to play as well, as we need to encourage people to speak up, give them this safe space, and have people share their stories and their perspectives. People at every level of the organization and at every sort of strata of our industry help define the values that are important to us. We have a lot to learn from people who are new to the profession and new to our firm. In fact, Every time I interview someone, I ask why they want to work at Wolf Greenfield. And then subsequent to that, after people start with us, I ask them why they chose us. And often their replies relate to talent and exposure. We'll often hear, oh, you know, the firm is comprised of some of the most technically skilled, smartest people who who are choosing to be lawyers. I personally look forward to the day when the answer is that we're a diverse and talented group of people. Now, I'd like you to comment a little on something that the National Women's Law Center said recently. They stated that women's careers were impacted by COVID at an alarmingly higher rate than male counterparts. What do you say to that? Yeah, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone to hear that the past year or past 18 months have been challenging, difficult, at times downright disheartening. And I also don't think it's a surprise that the pandemic has impacted women's careers at an alarmingly higher rate than their male counterparts. You know, I think one of the things that the pandemic did was it really pulled back the curtain 
on some of the challenges that women, especially caregivers and mothers, are facing and the difficulty in balancing workload at home, at work. And I think acknowledging these challenges is really, really the first step in promoting change. We read often that for many people, the last 18 months have been some of the most difficult of their careers. And I do think that that comment tends to come from women. Now, you have a three-part approach to taking action. Tell us more about that. Yeah, so I, I generally think about it, and particularly with respect to this, this conversation, I think about it in three ways. It's what's the broader community doing? So what's the legal industry doing? What's my personal community doing? So what's Wolf Greenfield doing? And what am I doing? And I think we've talked a little bit about where the legal industry is, what Wolf Greenfield has done. And so uh, on the last point, what am I doing? Just as Wolf Greenfield and our world really had a reckoning last year, I had a lot of those same questions for myself. So how do I move diversity and inclusion work at my firm forward? Really, how do I show up? What do I need to be watching and listening for? When do I need to, to sort of pull back? And when do I really need to engage? I would encourage everyone to have this sort of dialogue with themselves and really to be honest with the answers. For me, the, the answers made it clear that I wanted to be involved in, in the decisions and more than just the dialogue. So despite being new to the partnership, I ran for and landed a seat on our firm's executive committee, which for years, years before, it was populated by a rotating cast of four white men. And so my experiences and my perspectives are often quite different from the other three executive committee members. I learned quickly, though, that the seat that I have matters and that this committee in particular is making decisions that impact firm policy and our law firm culture, really, and that decisions that the executive committee makes affect every single person in our firm. I think in sharing what I've learned, you know, I would say no matter what your position in your law firm, take action. I personally learned that the importance of a dialogue, and dialogue for me means both listening and speaking. I learned that my colleagues care about what I have to say, and they want me to share my perspective. That's scary for a lot of us, but I think it's integral to being part of a decision-making process. Let's get into leadership just a little bit and explore the difference between two terms that we've heard a lot, but maybe we don't know enough about, and that's transactional leadership and transformative leadership. This is a framework I borrowed from Brené Brown. So the way she describes it, the way I understand it, is transactional leadership is, is quantitative leadership. It's really the head. So this is about the values that are important to us, the business case, the sort of checking of boxes, the measurements and the data and so that's one side of things. And then you have the transformative side of leadership, which she describes and which I now describe as being the heart, the qualitative side. So 
this is really sort of relational and getting to understand what motivates people. And there's a lot of introspection involved in this, right? You have to understand values and what matters to people, to your organization. And I think at the, the, the bottom line is every organization really needs both of those things. The, the transactional data is really important. And that sort of leadership is really important because you can't manage what you can't measure. But transformative leadership is really what we need to move forward and make some progress. At this point, every organization seems to have rolled out statements that extol their commitment to diversity and inclusion, but we all know that such carefully crafted statements are essentially meaningless if it's all talk and no action. Are you confident that law firms are going to be brave enough to wade into unfamiliar territory and really have the kind of uncomfortable conversations that lead to real results in diversity and inclusion? You know, I'm hopeful. This question was really sort of at the forefront of our firm discussions over the past 18 months. We all know that more than talking and thinking about diversity and inclusion, what we really need are initiatives and we need actions. And going along with sort of transformative leadership versus transactional leadership, we needed to set some goals so that we could measure progress. Our, our first goal here was to hire external help because quite frankly, we didn't know where to start. We realized that we needed external expertise to help us frame the discussion, to help us with our introspection and to help us ask the right questions. So we hired a full-time diversity and inclusion manager whose role it is to increase knowledge, awareness, and to help change our behaviors at the firm. And the hope is that by changing our behaviors, by having this sort of dialogue, it's going to improve our ability to attract, develop, retain a more diverse population in all practice areas and at all levels of our firm. I know that a lot of other firms are doing many of the same things. You know, I think lawyers are a notoriously brave group of individuals. Every one of us learns about and thinks about justice and our role in society. This is, this is I think, part of our DNA. It's certainly part of our education and part of our training. And those of us at firms are no different. And I think we just need to continue to push the dialogue and advocate for change. My advice would be know where you stand and know what you stand for. And often that means having the courage or even the foolishness to take steps into unfamiliar territory. Our thanks to Christina Lucursi for sharing her thoughts with us on IP Talk with Wolf Greenfield. We hope you'll subscribe to our series of conversations related to IP Matters on Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on legal matters related to IP, we invite you to visit our website at www.wolfgreenfield.com. Thank you for joining us on this edition of IP Talk with Wolf Greenfield.